Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I have to say, having studied the female hormonal world for 20 years, I cannot think of a more elegant, efficient, straightforward, logical system anywhere and so I, but I do appreciate that we've all been told the opposite, that it's mysterious and complicated and that is rhetoric, mythology, and it is not based in actual scientific fact. Der hørte du Alisa Vitti og tema i episode 165 av Ingefær podcast med mig Sara Lossius er hormoner og cyklusen til oss kvinner. Hormoner og cyklus er etter min mening noe av det mest spennende vi kan snakke om, og så er det viktig fordi det påvirker oss fysisk og psykisk både positivt og negativt. Og alle som har eller har haft hormonelle utfordringer som PMS, utfordringer med att bli gravid, men smerter eller plager i overgangsalderen, de vet att hormoner påvirker hvordan vi har det. For et par måneder siden så anbefalte en veninne av mig to bøker, nemlig Woman Code og In The Flow, skrevet av da Alisa Vitti. Tidligere år blev jeg intervjuet av NRK om at jeg trener efter cyklusen min, og i boken min Litt lykkeligere skriver jeg også om trening og cyklus, og episode 63 av Ingefær tilbake i 2017 handlet nettopp om trening og cyklus. Og likevel lærte jeg masse av bøkene til Alisa, og jeg er helt sikker på at du kommer til å lære noe nytt i dag. I denne episoden snakker vi bland annat om kvinners 28-dagerscyklus og hvordan de ulike fasene i cyklusen vår påvirker oss fysisk og psykisk, og vad vi kan göra med träning, mat og generell livsstil for att støtte cyklusen i att fungere best mulig. Alisa deler historien sin med polycystisk ovarisyndrom og hvordan det å få denne diagnosen endret alt. Vi snakker om hvordan mensblodet vårt forteller oss hver måned hvordan kroppen vår har det. Vi snakker om fjerde trimester og at for få snakker om hvordan det er å være i premenopausen, som man er fra sånn cirka 35 år, og føde barn, som jeg gjorde med Lisen. Vi snakker om østrogendominans, at ingen skal oppleve PMS, om hvordan stress påvirker oss ulikt i cyklusen. Og mot slutten av episoden deler Alisa sitt syn på p-pillen, og så gir hun alternativer. Og helt til slut hyller hun klitoris og forteller om fordelene med en self-pleasuring practice to ganger i uken. Vi kan nyte oss til helse rett og slett, og det kan vi jo like. I episoden nämner Alisa fler böcker och de böckerna samt nettsidor, podcaster och annat nyttig hormonsnacks är er det länk till i show notes. Och på torsdag i Ingefärsshot får du höra mer om hur Alisa lägger upp både morgonrutiner och egenplejepraxis efter cyklusen. Nu jag syns var skikligt inspirerande och lärorikt. Men nu över till Alisa. God god lytt. Alisa, I'm so honored to have you on my show. Welcome. I'm so happy to be here. I love the international flow living sisterhood. It is uh, vast and mighty. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to dive into our hormones today and our cycle. And to be honest, I think we could talk about these topics for hours because I find it really interesting and it's so, so, so important, isn't it? It is. And you're right. We don't, I think the reason why we feel like we could talk about it for hours is because we haven't learned enough about it. So once, Mm -hmm. once we kind of 
open up the, the, the can of whatever of hormones, you know, we just kind of want to keep talking and learning and figuring things out. And so I think that natural appetite that we have is a good thing and we really should know more. But that's why we're here to give us at least a little bit of an education today. Yes. I'd like you to share your story from having hormonal problems to be the CEO of a company that want to change the narrative for women's hormonal and menstrual healthcare. Yeah, funny experience, interesting experience. <laughs> so, I mean, I meaning I never envisioned that this is what I would be doing. I did not have some sort of plan uh, for myself, but, you know, I think I've just been following my own flow, so to speak. And, uh, you know, as a, as a teenager, I wasn't, things weren't working well hormonally, even from the earliest ages, my, the very first period I ever got, I was almost 16. That's very, very late. And then from 16 to 22, I only had five or six bleeds total. A few of those were synthetically, uh, chemically induced with synthetic progesterone. And I was going to the gynecologist, you know, diligently to find out why this was not right. And I was just being met with, ah, you know, I was, I was being dismissed and it was being minimized, frankly, like, oh, it's fine. You know, it's normal for, you know, teenagers to be irregular. I said, but it's not just that I'm missing my period. I have all these other symptoms. I'm, oh, I'm gaining weight. I have all this acne, the mood issues. And, and all of it was just being sort of dismissed. Anyway, fast forward, I'm then at Johns Hopkins planning to become an OBGYN and my symptoms really reach their peak, you know, in terms of how bad they got. I mean, I was uh, over 200 pounds. I was covered in cystic acne everywhere, my face, my chest, my back, no periods at all very anxious all day, very depressed, couldn't sleep. I mean, it was just getting, it was just taking over my whole life. So, you know, I was lucky because I could go into the library and, and access all their wonderful research. So I found an article in an obstetrics journal that described everything that I was experiencing. And I brought this, I mean, I knew that this, you know, they were describing polycystic ovarian syndrome. I brought this to my gynecologist the next day without an appointment. She graciously took me in and, and we um, did a whole bunch of testing. And when I got, finally got back to review the results with her, she said, you're right. You do have polycystic ovarian syndrome and, um, sorry that you've been undiagnosed for seven years, you know, now mind you, just keep in mind the average diagnosis lag time for women for any menstrual disorder, whether it be fibroids, endometriosis, adenomyosis, PCOS, et cetera, PMDD is five years. Typically it's longer. <laughs> Typically it feels more like a decade before you get an answer, but that's the average. So seven years in, no answers, feeling like something was wrong, finally figured it out myself. And then my doctor confirmed my diagnosis. And I said, okay, great. No problem. The past is the past. What do we do now? And that was the big moment, Sarah, that kind of changed the trajectory of my career, my own personal health journey. Cause she said, you know, well, we can't, we can't cure you. We can't, we have nothing. We have medications that weren't designed for this, that we can use to, you know, maybe make the symptoms a little bit better, but none of them are going to fix what's wrong with you. We don't know what's wrong and we don't know how to fix it. And there isn't any real research being done and da, 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 da. She goes, but let me write you a prescription for birth control. And I said, wait a second, <laughs> you know, this just isn't very logical. You know, I said, just let's think about this critically, you know, and I'm always the academic. And I said, so you can't, the medication you want me to take will not fix, resolve, cure my problems. You just want me to be on them. And then things will get progressively worse, as you've told me. And then you're going to have to add more medication to the mix. I said, is this a lot? This is not logical for me to sort of go down that road. She said, I know, but that's all I can. That's all I can offer you. And I said, okay. And that was sort of the moment I said, all right, well, uh, I'm going to take my very expensively trained mind and I'm going to go figure this out. And I, you know, because what I saw in that moment, Sarah, were a couple things. One, conventional medicine is 
limited when it comes specifically, you know, cause it's so wonderful for everything else, but it's really limited when it comes to dealing with chronic systemic hormonal issues for women, right? There aren't a lot of tools. There isn't a lot of research. It's just, there is, it's not great. We don't have a lot of great healthcare options from the conventional point of view. So I saw that. And then I also saw that I was part of this massive community of millions and millions and millions of women who struggle with not just PCOS, but fibroids, endometriosis, adenomyosis, PMDD, infertility, you know, perimenopause craziness. In fact, the statistics are pretty breathtaking. Ready? 50% of women right now, as we're talking, have a hormonal problem and 80% of women over the course of their lifetime will have one. This is a staggering, staggering statistic because when we look at, let's say men, we're not even in the same galaxy. Men, 80% of men are not having a hormonal problem at some point in their life, right? It's just not the same. So I, I looked at these two things in that moment of my, you know, sort of that conversation in the doctor's office. And I said, well, first and foremost, I have to do something for myself, right? To, to get better and have to figure out what that is from a research and academic point of view. But then if I can figure that out, I would like to build a healthcare, a new model of hormonal healthcare for women because there is none. We need something. And there's this huge, huge population of us who need this kind of support. So that was a pretty defining moment in my, you know, very pivotal moment in my life, my health, my career. And it's, it's led me to, you know, create the flow protocol and all the formulations we have for the supplements, write these two books and build flow living, which is sort of this hormonal healthcare platform for women from their first period to their last. And it's, it's been very rewarding to like, not only watch my own body recover from PCOS, but to just be able to empower so many women around the world mm. to understand that whatever's going on with your cycle, your period, your hormones, it's not, it's not set in stone, right? You can totally take the lead, take charge and change your hormonal destiny and get back into, like I say, hormonal flow all the time. That's the, that's the idea, right? To, to restore that and maintain that. So that's, that's my little story. So you mentioned it somewhat now, but why is caring about our cycle and our our hormones so important? So important. So actually, it's pretty historic that about 2015, I believe, the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecologists decreed that your cycle must be considered your fifth vital sign. So the other four, just for your point of reference, are the things they take when you go to the emergency room, right? They take your temperature, they take your blood pressure, right? They, these types of things. So now we have to also really switch our thinking, mm. first and foremost, that we have to really take very seriously, as seriously as you would take an elevated temperature or elevated blood pressure, the symptoms associated with your cycle. And why is that? Why would they have made that decree? Well, it turns out that Anything that's happening with your cycle really it is a good indicator of what's going to happen with your health overall. So we know, for example, from this big study called the BioCycle study, that just having PMS that you don't address in your reproductive years increases dramatically the degree to which you are vulnerable to the four big diseases of inflammation postmenopausally, which means diabetes, heart disease, cancer, and dementia. Meanwhile, we've all been conditioned to joke about our PMS, to, you know, kind of commiserate with our girlfriends, like, ha you know, I'm PMSing. Meanwhile, we should be taking that as seriously as somebody who's walking around with a 101 degree fever, right? And so, but we don't. But So first and foremost, we have to switch our thinking because the science is caught up to the reality of how important this is. So that's just sort of on the academic level. But on the personal level, if you are somebody who is committed to wellness and biohacking for yourself, right, and you want to live your best health and optimal life, your cycle, tracking your cycle every day, looking at the symptom patterns, how many symptoms you're having, the color of the bleed, the texture of it, the consistency of your cycle, the whole thing, that is 
extremely powerful biofeedback that your body is providing you every day in real time about your hormonal patterns. And these are the ways in which you can learn, oh, you know, for example, during ovulation, let's say you have uh, breakouts every month on your chin. Well, this is indicative of excess estrogen and not just excess estrogen, but your body is missing the micronutrients it needs to break that estrogen down and get it out of your system. So instead of complaining about your pimple and going to waste, waste money on a zit cream, stop wasting your money on zit creams. Okay. You have to feed your liver. It's a whole different thing. Anyway, so instead of complaining about your pimples and your hormones with your girlfriends and, and buying zit creams, you say, Oh, I, I, I need to do X, Y, Z. This, this, this pimple is telling me I'm micronutrient deficient. I need to increase my fiber. I need to take a couple supplements for my liver. I need to make sure I'm eating the right foods for this phase. And then next cycle you track. Again, and you watch and you say, oh, look, no pimple. Great. I fixed that. Helped out my body, right? That's what's so powerful is because you can start to actively listen to what your hormones are trying to communicate to you. And then you can get right into responding with immediate action, doing the correct things and feeling good all the time. So that's, I think, why it's so valuable to take our cycle seriously, because that's how you take care of yourself the best way. I want to read uh, from um, one of your books, In the Flow, because you have a, on page 89, you write, learning about my female biochemistry gave me more compassion for myself and I developed a greater understanding and love for the way my female body, brain and biolog biological systems operate, right? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, I think... The, the side effect of us not being given a proper education mm -hmm. about how our unique female biochemistry works is that we end up hating it. We think it's bad because you're not being told anything good about it. What are you told about it? You're told it's a curse. You're told it's going to be miserable. Mm -hmm. Nobody's giving you the right information. They're focusing on uh, the any problems that could happen, but what about teaching you all the things that could go right, right? So I think girls as young as nine should be told that they're gonna have a switch from having just a circadian only clock, right? To an infradian and even a circuitrian clock, which is gonna change the way they feel. So this is really important because this is where I think women get really uh, disrupted around their relationship with themselves emotionally is around puberty because mm. during puberty, you aren't told that you're supposed to feel different every day, right? Or every week in my world. And so you think something's wrong with you. Like, wait, I used to feel the same every day. Now I don't. So I should try to force myself to do the same things every day to somehow hold on to that. That is such a waste of your effort and energy and makes you feel bad about yourself. Instead, if you understand about your chronobiology, these different rhythms that biological rhythms that you have, that you actually aren't supposed to do that. You're supposed to change your self-care routines through each of the four phases of your cycle. I think if we set young girls up to know that, to understand that that's what they'll do, but it also gives them so many gifts, uh, mm -hmm. you know, brain-wise, me metabolic-wise, immunologically-wise, I think girls would go into puberty very excited about all the things that are going to happen. And then when they're old enough, you know, 12, whatever the right age is to give the period talk, you then say, listen, one of the things that's going to happen as a result of your biological rhythm changing is that you're going to see a menstruation cycle as well. This is how you're going to keep track of where you are in that new rhythm. And tracking your cycle every day is your new normal and responding to symptoms and taking care of yourself is just part of your self-care. Totally different. Your, the whole trajectory of the relationship you would have with yourself would be completely different than every woman who's come before mm. because you would be excited. You would be empowered, informed correctly, and would have the, all the tools you would need to take care of yourself from the beginning. So you could avoid all of these unnecessary hormone problems that most women are struggling with. I also say that when learning about my hormones and my cycle, I meet myself with more understanding. Uh, and I, I um, 
we're going to talk about that later when regards to lifestyle but i do have more energy in the first part of the cycle than the last part of the cycle and instead of forcing me to do a lot of stuff uh during my period for example i just calm down instead so for me it's really important and empowering yeah i mean you know we nothing in nature operates on a continuous productivity cycle right Mm -hmm. so i think again just understanding what the pattern is is very um grounding right so maybe we should go into this this pattern the infradian rhythm and circuitragian rhythm and the whole thing and get into the pattern you could start with the infradian rhythm and then talk about the different the four phases in our cycle okay so it it was the reason why I wrote the second book was because I kept asking myself, why, why are so many of us suffering? What is, what are we missing? What are we overlooking at the most fundamental universal level? And that is when I was looking more deeply into chronobiology and I sort of uncovered all of these different biological rhythms, the infradian rhythm, the circuitragian rhythm. These are the rhythms that control the cyclical energy processes of our female biology. The thing about it that's important to know is that you it affects the major systems of your body. It affects your brain, your metabolism, your immune system, your stress response system, you know, your reproductive system, right? So that's exciting to know because most of us have always felt like, gee, um, my weight is a separate issue, my period, my fertility, my sex drive, that's over here, my skin is over here, my, my ability to be creative and productive is a whole other thing. So we are grabbing for different solutions and spot treatments, and we're never actually getting to the real root structural support of all those systems. And this biological rhythm piece is the the most fundamental way you can support all of these systems. It's the, like, as we say, the biggest bang for your buck, right? So I looked at that and I said, okay, great. Well, we know that uh, the circadian rhythm, for example, has gotten a lot of research and it is what men operate sort of, that's how their hormonal pattern operates. But we also know that it's very valuable to synchronize your activities with the timing of the circadian clock, if that's how you operate, right? So I looked at that, I said, well, how can we apply that to our female biological rhythm? And that's when I created the cycle syncing method. It's the way that we can synchronize our food, our fitness, and our time management with the the, our cyclical rhythm, right? And we have to stop trying to synchronize our activities with the circadian clock only. You have both clocks, so you have to use both. And and in chapter six of In the Flow, there's a time management planner that I, I created this for myself, Sarah, because I was always frustrated by using just these planners that are based on a 24 hour clock. I never felt like it, fa- it worked for me. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to build one that factored in both of my clocks. And it's pretty game changing when you start to use it. Like you said, you start to know when to plan certain things and it's very, um, you become much more efficient. So that's sort of at the high level, how this all came together. And so let's break down these four phases, right? So you've got the follicular phase, which is the phase right after your bleed ends. Then you've got the ovulatory phase. Then you've got the luteal phase, which is the longest phase. And in fact, it's my favorite, personal favorite phase, uh, which, but most of us associate that with PMS and we'll talk Mm -hmm. about why that's gotta end. And then there's the bleeding phase, which we all know what that is. Okay, each of these four phases has a unique hormone ratio. Think of it like a, it's it's like they're, it's like a casochemical, biochemical signature. And this hormone ratio affects all these other systems of your body, your metabolism, your brain, et cetera, et cetera. And it also creates the activity of the ovary or the uterus or whatever's happening across the cycle. So it does so much. What I want you to know is that first and foremost, you are not the same across these systems of the body, each of these four phases. So let's let's look at metabolism to start because we'll talk a little bit about food first. There is a a common belief that you should strive to eat the same amount of calories every day, that that is the best thing to do. Well, turns out, and that was the other big sort of 
shocking discovery as I was writing the book is that most medical fitness and nutrition research is done on men and leaves women out. So all the things that we've been told that we just assume are universally true, like eating the same calorie amount every day is good for you, is not good for you if you have female hormones, actually, turns out, because of this infradian circuitragian effect. You have metabolic shift. So in the first half of your cycle, follicular and ovulatory phase, your metabolism is slower and your resting cortisol levels are lower. And what this means is that you can eat fewer calories and you can do more intense workouts. Actually, you can do your HIIT training. You can do all that. It's going to have the nice biohacking effect of you building lean muscle and using stored fat as fuel right? And you're going to feel clear and focused and energized and all these good things. I'm there now and I love it. <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to feel this way all the time, by the way, but you have to, you have to switch what you're doing. So then once you cross over to the luteal phase, the studies show that our metabolism speeds up. We need to, to proactively eat 279 more calories per day. So you must not try to restrict your calories the way that you were doing or the way you have thought you always needed to do. And then the other big discovery was that if you do HIIT workouts in the luteal phase, you're going to turn on fat storage and turn on muscle wasting. So if you restrict calories and you're doing an intense workout in the luteal phase, you're going to feel horrible. You're going to be foggy headed, irritable, hungry. You're going to gain weight you're going to make your PMS worse. This, right? So the only reason why you've been having this experience all these years is because you did not have the correct information. And I'm sorry that that's happened to all of us, but now you have it. Okay. So now you, it's on you to work through whatever little fears you have about eating more calories and not doing an intense workout. Cause I know how hard that can be too, but try it for a few cycles and you're going to see I mean, I've maintained a 50 pound weight loss for 20 years by doing this. Okay. And I also had to lose that same weight after I had my, my child. Um, and just by doing this, it, it's so easy. It's so easy to do. So the kinds of workouts you would do would be strength training, for example, without a cardio component. So you can lift heavy weights, you can squat up against the wall. You can hold the plank for a few minutes. You can do Pilates, you can do all that kind of stuff. It's all great and, and really build a lot of lean muscle that way. Um, and lean muscle boosts your metabolism, helps you burn stored fat. I mean, it's just, it's so genius how the body has laid this all out for us, but you just have to follow the, the pattern. So this is, this is just an example of how you can modify calories and workout intensity. The book goes into, there's a chart for specific types of ways that you can use food in each of the phases to help with estrogen breakdown or progesterone production um, or nutrient depletion. There's a chart in chapter five about the actual lists of workouts you can do for each of the phases. And like I said, in chapter six, there's the whole time management piece because it turns out this infradian effect on our brain chemistry has us accessing different creativity and productivity gifts throughout the month. So you want to take advantage of those too and you know, schedule your speaking events or your networking during your, you know, the ovulatory phase when the verbal and social centers of your brain are hyperstimulated and do all your deep work in the luteal phase when you have progesterone present and you're, you, it has a calming and focusing effect on your brain chemistry. So you want to get all your projects done and, and not socialize and not go to those networking events if you can. Uh, you, so, and when you add that all together, the accumulation of focusing at the right time on different things, you become much more productive with much less stress on your system as a whole, which benefits your hormones, which benefits your fertility, which benefits, I mean, it's like, it just keeps, it's such a compounding effect of benefits. Um, once you start getting in the flow, you're just, it, that's why we call the book that. It's like you really are building this peak flow state every day. So you feel good all the time. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I wanted to tell us about uh, how our blood should look like or what it tells us when we have our periods. Yes. So... Uh, a couple years ago, back with Dr. Oz, I made television history by being the first human being to simulate menstrual blood on national television. And I, you know, didn't do that for that reason. I did it because I was just teaching this information. And I think everybody needs to know that, you, you know, your period color, the bleed color, you know, will tell you in real time, you know, do you have enough estrogen, too much estrogen, not enough estrogen, not enough progesterone, right? It's going to show you that. So for example, if your bleed is very, very heavy, dark, purpley red with clots, that's indicative of excess estrogen, right? Which means that the body is now building up too much of an endometrial lining, and then it's all coming out sort of, you know, in a rush. Then if it's light pink, right? Then we have the opposite problem, not enough estrogen, not enough endometrial lining, and that's bad for our bodies in other ways, cardiovascularly, bone density, etc. Then you can have something that kind of looks like prune juice at the start, right? Like a kind of brown staining, right? This is typically indicative of insufficient progesterone levels, right? And so, you know, you would want, that's important if you're trying to conceive, for example, or you're going through perimenopause or just at any age, if that's happening, that means we have to really address what's going on with micronutrients, with dialing in the cycle syncing method to support the luteal phase, all of those things. And then you want, you know, the optimal color, which is like a nice, healthy, luscious, like red, dark crimson kind of color, right? If you're having that, that's a good month. You did, you did it. You did, you did well. You did well. Good. You took care of yourself the right way. And that's your body's way of letting you know that all is working as it should. Right. Mm -hmm. So looking just at the color can tell you so much every month. And instead we don't look right. We, we just flush it all away, but that's like a free blood analysis. <laughs> you know, instead of going and paying for the doctor to take your hormone levels, you can see in real time you know, every month what's happening with your hormones. It's a really good, really good biohack. Actually, I haven't uh, looked at my uh, blood before this time. So I have, uh, sorry for oversharing, but anyways, never, I have <laughs> one uh, day with dark and then I have a lot of blood on the second and a, a little less on the third day and then it turns down. Yeah, Not much. I mean, that's, that's... Is that fine? I mean, you know, when you're saying dark, like it's very dark and cloudy on the first day. No, no, no. no just, just dark like that's just, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, I think that's fine. I mean, it, it, you know, again, keep in mind the whole process of menstruation is to expel that endometrial lining. Mm. So the first two days, typically women feel like more of that is coming out because the uterus likes to be as efficient as possible. And so it's, it's going through its gentle contractions to get the, the lining out. And then as you taper off, right, that can, that's totally normal, right? As long as you're, as long as the length of the cycle is consistent for you mm. and it's, it's not less than four days, I think that's very, very healthy. It's good for me. I want to, you have mentioned several times now the estrogen dominance, and I think that's the most common uh, problem is. for women, right? And I have, yes. after I have three daughters, and the youngest one is 18 months. And I got my period back when she was about 12 months. Uh, and the first uh, three months, I think, was I had the night uh, flushes. No, what, hot um, hot flashes. Night in night, yes. And I was also, uh, uh, from for the first time in my life, suffering from PMS, like really dark thoughts. And I believe that's a sign of estrogen dominance, isn't it? 
Well, in your case, not necessarily because you have three daughters, you've had three pregnancies. I don't know your age, but if you're also over 40, um, recently turned 40, yes. There you go. So, you know, perimenopause <laughs> begins at 35. Mm. And having, and I don't know if you, all your children are spaced close together or how no, they is. are eight, six, and one and a half. Okay, eight, six, and one and a half. Mm-hmm. So this this third one, right, was a heavier lift for your body, right? Because you, you're older and you already had two other children and it's stressful being a mom and who knows where your micronutrients were before you went into the pregnancy, right? So the recovery period becomes really essential for how you do. And you're also doing that at the same time as being in perimenopause. So it's a little bit more of a, I, I think this is a conversation that is completely not being had, actually. What, what do perimenopausal postpartum women need mm. to recover? You know, you really need to take care of yourself and replenish so many nutrients. Anytime we have that sort of darker thoughts and sort of the PMS and the depression of that, that really comes from a lot of micronutrient depletion. That is both the cause of the hormonal issue and the mood issue, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, supplementation is so critical. Eating nutrient dense foods is so critical. The fact that it took your body almost a year to get your cycle back also is indicative of some micronutrient depletion. So to me, it's not so much estrogen dominance. Now, The other interesting thing is that during perimenopause, what happens with estrogen typically is that it it goes on a roller coaster all of a sudden, starts roller coastering. But you're a little young for that to part to be happening. So I think it's more postnatal depletion that you're experiencing versus estrogen dominance, if I had to guess. But I think so many women, you know, are dealing with that and not realizing it. And that can linger on with you for years, Mm -hmm. the postnatal depletion, if you don't really tackle it. So supplements, foods, you know, I have a whole, I think I outline in the flow kind of sort of a general plan, but a dear friend of mine, Kimberly uh, Johnson wrote a great book called uh, the fourth trimester. And I wrote the forward to that book because I just Mm -hmm. think it's an essential read for any woman who, um, you know, is planning to have a child or, you know, so that you can be prepared. And then a second book to support that is another colleague of mine, Hang U, O-U. And she has a book called, um, oh my goodness, I can't think of the name. I'd have to Google it, but Hang U, she has a great cookbook for you. It's a cookbook, the first 40 days. How could I forget? The first 40 days cookbook. And it gives you specific recipe guidance on how to actually feed yourself these very special postpartum nutrient dense foods that help you recover both nutrients and hormonal balance and and mental health more rapidly. We, We get that so wrong as a culture globally. I think though some traditional cultures still transmit that knowledge to their to their women, but most modern societies that has not taken place for over a hundred years, and so we're we suffer we suffer with yeah. our hormones unnecessarily postpartum because of that. It's more focused about getting our bodies back in shape than having a good time or having a good life. That's right. People mm-hmm. are worried about losing the baby weight, and they go on diets, and they're mm-hmm. drinking juices and eating salads, and you're just depleting yourself more. I mean, you just. 3d printed a a (laughs) tiny human you know (laughs) like you just you just you're you did that (laughs) it came it came out of somewhere right it came out of your nutrient profile um and so you have to really then focus after on recovery like you know i think women should be doing physical therapy postpartum not like exercise, right? It's really, it's a whole, it should be a whole different focus on recovery, replenishing our nutrients and all of that. Estrogen dominance to your specific question is a slightly different thing where, you know, that can happen at any age, right? That can happen to a teenage girl, right? Who has been overexposed to, uh, chemical laden foods like dairy products or, you know, other uh, processed foods that can happen to a woman in her twenties or thirties because she's drinking too much alcohol and not eating properly. And then all of a sudden your estrogen's up and then you start to see symptoms like heavier bleeding or, or acne or weight gain that feels really stubborn. Um, you know, mood sensitivity, 
So it's very common and it is the challenge that creates PMS for pretty much everybody, right? So how do we all have PMS? Why is it such a big problem? It's not supposed to happen at all. I mean, that's the, the, the scientific truth of it is you should not have any PMS and you should strive to not have any PMS. The, the thing that happens in the luteal phase is that we're supposed to have more progesterone than we have estrogen. And that means you will have a healthy luteal phase. You'll feel calm and focused and you'll feel energized and you'll feel great and your metabolism will work the way it's supposed to. And everything is really like fantastic. Okay. That's what's supposed to happen. The problem is because we're not synchronizing our food and fitness with our cycle, right? We're disrupting our rhythm that throws off progesterone production, we then have less. And then we're micronutrient deficient, so we don't make enough progesterone. And then we eat inflammatory foods that jack up our estrogen levels. So now we have the inverse ratio in that phase, in the luteal phase. Instead of having more progesterone to estrogen, we have more estrogen than progesterone. And when that happens, that's when you have all the PMS symptoms and you feel like a different person and you're miserable and you're hungry and you're tired and you're foggy headed. And it is totally uh, avoidable, totally. But you have to start using the cycle syncing method. You have to start really dialing in your food and fitness. If you can just, just that alone will take care of so much of the problem. And then if there are things that you are doing that really drive estrogen dominance, like exposing yourself to xenoestrogenic chemicals unnecessarily, you know, making the switches that you need so that you're not exposed to those things will we'll really finish the process. I mean, within two, three cycle tops, you mm. can be free of PMS. I mean, it's not complicated. That's a good thing to hear because uh, I've, I, I believe that it seems to be complicated, but it's quite revealing when it's not complicated at all. Listen, nature... Um, thrives on intelligent design and if, and efficient design. And I, I have to say, having studied the female hormonal world for 20 years, I, I, I cannot think of a more elegant, efficient, straightforward, logical system anywhere. And I mean that. And so I, but I do appreciate that we've all been told the opposite, that it's mysterious and complicated and, so many confusing, but it, but that is rhetoric, mythology, and it is not based in actual scientific fact. So I, I know that we've been told a bunch of BS about our hormones and our bodies that, uh, you know, we just have to acknowledge that, but get educated because when you, you know, that's what, that's why the first section of in the flow, I just, I just wanted to like give you a tour of this majestic system that you are inhabiting it is so incredible so that you could start to reorient yourself in a more positive way instead of feeling like oh this is going to be so hard to do no actually it's that's what's so exciting if it wasn't a logical system then i couldn't have created a very simple straightforward four part it's a four step system i mean you know it's really it's really like step one if you're in your follicular phase eat this do this workout have a nice day. It's really simple. <laughs> so, you know, you can start to follow that and see just actually how easy it is to take care of yourself and your hormones. I want to talk about stress as well, because uh, we women uh, tend to be stressed. No, well, that's maybe a bad uh, sentence to say. No, but, uh, no, it, we are. We are. We are, bec- we are. We are stressed again because we're disrupting our biological rhythm every single day. If you just by doing the same calories every day and the same hit workouts every day, you're now elevating your cortisol levels every day. So you are causing the stress. Yes, women have too much going on. We're not we're not compensated properly for the work we're doing as moms or in corporate culture. I mean, you know, there's all of that. That's stressful on its own. Mm-hmm. But let's not add to that stress burden by taking care of our bodies in a way that we know measurably adds to your stress, right? We can't change the world around us like that. It's changing. We're working toward it. And I believe it will get there. But what we can change right now in in the snap is what you do to manage your own stress ecosystem. And if you start using the cycle syncing method, 
you're going to see that your stress levels come down quite a bit because you're not disrupting your biological rhythm. And listen, we know that this is a real phenomenon because all the studies that have been done on the circadian rhythm, which is the 24 hour clock that we all have, if you disrupt that, your stress levels go way up, your health goes way down. It's a mess, right? So we already know that that's true for the circadian rhythm. Of course, it's true if you disrupt your infradian clock. You have to start supporting that. Otherwise, you're going to be really navigating a, a huge stress burden that's going to have affect you psychologically, but also have real, I mean, you know, when we're talking cortisol, cortisol is a hormone. If you start messing with cortisol, you're going to mess with all the other hormones too. So it's, it's, it's not just going to impact your mood and how you feel overwhelmed. You're also going to start to have physical symptoms as a result. But I, I tend to feel that I get more stressed out uh, during the last days of my cycle. Is that true? The last days, meaning the days that you're bleeding? No, the days before and the days when I'm bleeding. Maybe the last days before I'm bleeding, that I'm more yeah. sensitive to stress. I don't. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Because estrogen is decreasing in concentration in your brain, mm -hmm. right? Because that's what happens in the second half of the luteal phase is that all the hormones get down to their lowest level. And once they hit their lowest level, that's what triggers the lining of the uterus to shed. That has to, that hormonal signature has to be present in order for that part of the cycle to take place. <laughs> So what you're sensitive to is the reduction in concentration and estrogen in your brain chemistry. Estrogen is a socially lubricating hormone from a brain point of view. Everything's good. You know, it's like things, it's like water off a duck's back as the expression goes. Like if you have a lot of estrogen circulating in your brain, then it's like, okay, I'm not going to let it bother me. But when you have less of that circulating in your brain, things do bother you more. Mm -hmm. And it's important to pay attention as to which of those things are bothering you because it isn't something that you should write off and say, oh, well, I'm just low in estrogen. So therefore I'm being sensitive and I can't No. In fact, this is when you can really trust your, the truth of how you feel about a situation because mm -hmm. you're not being, you know, subdued by all that estrogen, right? Like, so, I mean, I, I say it in the book, but I mean this very seriously. Like if you're, for example, if you're struggling in your relationship with your, with your lover, your partner, and you notice that right before your period, like you literally are like, I can't stand X, Y, Z about this person. And I want this relationship to end and da, da, da. But then your period ends and you get back into your high estrogen zone and you're having all the sex and you're like, whatever, I'll just like, let it go. I'll let you estrogen. Why would we trust the estrogen part of the cycle at that point? That's just, it's, it's, it's all, you know, it's all for the reproductive purposes of making you interested sexually in this person. Right. So you have to think about what's think critically about the relationship that at, during the luteal phase, the second half, especially, and really, evaluate what you want to do when you're in your bleeding phase mm -hmm. and, and plan out how you're going to get that accomplished. So if you're going to do a breakup, do it when you're bleeding <laughs> in my, because that's when you're going to have all the, you're going to actually have access because this is what's happening in your brain during your bleed week. You're going to have the right and left hemispheres of your brain communicating the most across the corpus callosum, which is this nerve fiber that connects them. And so what that means is that you can very logically synthesize the facts about a situation and your feelings about those the situation and make a decision and take action. People write off the menstrual phase like, oh, you know, you're just bleeding and you have to like rest and do nothing. No, this is a powerful time. If you're properly cared for, you should be full of energy, you know, not to go bounce on a trampoline. I'm not saying that, but, you know, full of mental vigor and clarity and, you know, make decisions and not just about your relationship, about your career, about how you want to parent, about what you want to do for the next six months. I mean, you don't have to wait for the new year to make your resolutions. You just have to get to your bleeding phase every month and reevaluate how's your life going in all the key areas. And what do you want to change as far as your overall life project map? That's really, really interesting. But I have two more questions, uh, I guess. Um, you mentioned sex and libido. How do we supercharge our sex drive? Because we all want to have a nice sex life. 
Yes. And 67% of women are sexually unsatisfied. It is shocking, but at the same time, not surprising because if you don't up understand this sort of infradian effect on your libido, you're going to think something's wrong with you, A, and B, you're not going to know what you need as far as stimulation to biohack your orgasm. Mm. So here's the, I mean, it, I think it's chapter eight of the book of In the Flow has the sort of chart that you need for each of the four phases and what to do. But at a high level, just appreciate that there are wet phases of the cycle where you're naturally self-lubricating. And then there are dry phases where you are not going to have a lot of self-lubrication. And so you must incorporate lubricant to the experience. Otherwise, you're going to be having pain as your first sensation around stimulation. And that's going to kind of shut down the party and shut down your potential to achieving orgasm successfully. Mm -hmm. So just even understanding that that changes across the cycle is very empowering. And then the chart in the book will tell you that there are um, different times of the cycle where you need more foreplay, more stimulation to achieve your uh, stages of arousal and orgasm. And then there are times like during ovulation, for example, you need very little stimulation because of all the estrogen and testosterone and the, you know, whole biological impetus to reproduce. Like it's, it's very easy to achieve climax during ovulation, but that's only 48 hours of the month. So you really want to learn how to biohack your orgasm by understanding this cyclical rhythm and its pattern and just work with it and, and empower your partner. This is why women love the MyFlow app that I created. And it's MyFlow. It has a circle icon like the cover of the book, not any other uh, icon. Um, they love it because there's a feature called Partner Sync. So you can drop in your beloved's information and he or she will get you know, a, a little hormonal dossier, if you will, as you move from phase to phase that will empower him or her to know what kinds of activities to plan, romantic date activities, like should you go out with friends for dinner this phase? Well, if you're in your ovulation phase, yes. If you're in your luteal phase, no, you know? And even just the person knowing not to ask you to go out on a date with friends during your luteal phase will make you feel more intimate emotionally with your partner, right? Instead of conflict. And then it also helps them understand the foreplay piece in terms of what to offer you when you guys engage in a physical way. So it's a really great tool because you don't have to, you know, be encyclopedic and teach your partner. The partner can get the education through the app. Um, everything we talk about today, uh, what about if um, my listeners are on the pill? Oh my gosh. Great question. Mm. Oh, if you're on the pill, there's so much you need to know. There's a whole section. There's, there's two special biohacking sections in the book. One is all about the pill. First and foremost, if you're on the pill, you need to know that it is shutting off this biological rhythm. You do not have access to it. You're not in any specific phase of the cycle. You're kind of in this like phaseless no zone. Okay. It has really profound effects on your metabolism. It slows down your metabolism. Um, it makes it harder for you to gain lean muscle being on the pill. It increases rates of depression. It changes your brain chemistry in profound ways. There's a book, if you're curious, by Dr. Sarah Hill called Your Brain on Birth Control. You are not even your actual self when you're on this medication. You're like a different version of yourself. You're not you. So it's, it's, so there's that. Then it depletes your micronutrients. It disrupts your gut function, um, which all has long-term effects on your future fertility and how perimenopause is going to go. Uh, so, you know, you have to be very strategic about your supplementation. If you are, if you have been on it ever, or if you are on it now, um, and the third thing is that whatever reason that you're on it, whether that be to prevent pregnancy or to address a period problem, um, it's not the best technology that we have access to now anymore, right? So first of all, to address period problems, PCOS, fibroids, et cetera, this does not cure that. So it's not a great solution when we know that the best way to approach these things is with macro and micronutrient therapy, which is the cornerstone of what we do at Flow Living. So you can come and learn all about how to take care of these issues without being on that medication if that's what you want. Um, but for reproductive purposes, like prevention of pregnancy, 
it's a new day with all the femtech companies out there. There are there's new products. You can use a, a tracker like the Daisy tracker or Mira um, and or Ava, and they they're they're actually taking you know biomarker uh, data to to know with precision when you're ovulating, which again is only 48 hours, two days. The egg is viable for two days. If you're, if you're in a heterosexual relationship and sperm is present, sperm can only live for five days. So that means you have a seven day period every month only where you have to use some sort of barrier method to prevent pregnancy. For any woman who's tried to conceive, you know how difficult it is to get the timing of that right. You are not fertile and every day, and you can't get pregnant just at any time, not at all. So this idea that we would use kind of this barbaric or like sort of like huge, like every day shutting off your hormones just to cover two days of egg viability, it's kind of too much. You know what I mean? We don't need to be that aggressive anymore. We could use tracking, right? Where the app, an app is telling you, okay, here's your exact fertile window. And then you could use barrier methods that are even easier than, you know, let's say you don't, your partner, you're married, you don't want to use a condom anymore. Well, there's new vaginal gels that change the pH of your vagina so that the sperm, you know, cannot get, ever get to the cervix, like doesn't even get anywhere near it. These are all FDA approved in the US. I'm sure they're going to be distributed globally shortly. I mean, there's just so many cool things you can do to prevent pregnancy and feel completely confident uh, with the, that method. So I think it's important to know all these things so that you can start to make a healthcare decision around the use of that medication mm-hmm. uh, that feels right for you. And fundamentally, I think it should be available to everyone at any time easily, but I just want you to be completely informed so that you're doing whatever you need. Like if you're going to take it, fine, take the right supplements along with it so that you don't have more problems down the road, for example, right? But if you want to explore being off of it, there's so much available to you to to help you either deal with your period problems or help you prevent pregnancy. One last question is, um, what's the three most important steps we can do to improve our cycle? First, track your cycle. So download the MyFlow app, myflowtracker.com. Start tracking your symptoms Mm-hmm. Start looking at the patterns, start evaluating your period color. I mean, get get into it, right? Because the more you get into a relationship with your hormonal patterns and your body symptoms, the more you can have power to know what to do next. The second thing is start using the cycle syncing method because that is the most universal way to address deeply supporting all the things that are trying to happen in that cyclical fashion in your body. And then the third thing, in my opinion, that's very profoundly beneficial is for you to develop a self-pleasuring practice without a device. So in fact, if you were to just do that twice a week, self-pleasuring where you stay in orgasmic plateau for about 15 minutes before you reach climax, right? that has a hugely beneficial effect on regulating ovulation, boosting hormone levels, slowing down hormonal aging so that you don't go into perimenopause too early, um, improving your immune response, building more collagen in the skin. If you do those three things, track your cycle, take care of your infradian rhythm and use your clitoris to help you be healthier, right? you got it made and every woman can benefit from those three steps. And I would look young forever. Almost. (laughs) People who, people who have that kind of a practice really Mm -hmm. do look ageless. Actually. It's remarkable. I mean, they're still aging, but they don't look old. It's kind of a funny, funny thing that happens. And by the way, in case you think that's a little, you know, extreme, just so you know, all the male biohackers are trying to figure this out too for themselves in their own unique way. So, um, you know, if you need, if you need to hear that to help you take that seriously, I, I hope that it helps, but you should, you know, nature gave you a system that is self, uh, contained and has everything that it needs. If you work with the tools that are provided, meaning, you know, supporting your rhythm, looking at the biofeedback of your cycle patterns and symptoms, 
and using this powerful um, tool of the clitoris, which has these 8,000 nerve endings, it stimulates the production of nitric oxide and oxytocin. It's remarkable. That's, there's a whole chapter on that in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, you can really, you have everything you need to create optimal health already. Just you're, you're front loaded with it. It's, it's, um, it's incredible. Alisa, thank you. I could talk for hours, but we uh, we have to do another interview later time. Thank you. I would love it. I would love it. Thank you. Som det var Alisa Vitti. Check show notes for mer info om henne och alla böckerna hon nämnde i episoden. Intill vi hörs igen med ungefär på torsdag. Ta vare på dig själv och de du är er glad i. Ha det. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.